Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Romance at a Glance, Authors at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget, and today, me and Shawnee are interviewing Marley Valentine. She is an MM romance author, and we are talking to her all about spicy books, writing MM romance, how MM romance readers differ from MF romance readers, and, of course, we tell a few funny stories along the way. We really appreciate Marley's time as she was pregnant, talking to us from Australia. Thank you so much for talking to us. We had such a good time and can't wait for you guys to hear it. If you guys have other authors you want us to talk to, of course, drop us a line on social, chat with us on Instagram, email us, podcast at romanceatglance.com, or of course, you can, actually, we don't tweet. I was going to say tweet us, you guys, we don't tweet, don't tweet us. Go on Instagram, go on TikTok, we always answer our DMs, and let us know what authors you'd want us to talk to, what questions you'd want to be answered, and of course, what books you want us to review next. If you love the podcast, make sure you share it with your friends, like it, go on our socials and follow us, follow us on the podcasting app of your choice and if you have time leave us a review it helps a lot thanks so much and let's talk to marley pop a pop in time romance at a glance uh-huh. romance at a glance romance at a glance go ahead girl. So I'm really excited to have you here because when we were doing our trope season, we were researching different books and different authors. And we wanted to do a mix of traditionally published authors, indie authors, authors we had never read before. And we came across Devilry and that was for our office dynamic romance. So we wanted some sort of like power struggle, boss, employee, professor, student, like something like that. Um, And we came across your book and we were like, oh, don't mind if we do. (laughs) Um, and you guys, I know I will cover this in a separate uh, review, but it's hot and steamy and y'all are going to like it. So (laughs) my question is when you started reading romance, did you read spicy romance? Did you start with like more rom-coms? Like what was your entrance into romance as a genre? Um, I always read, I think I started reading women's fiction first and then like I started reading Jodie Picoult, Nicholas Sparks mm-hmm. and more stuff that I could find in the store. Um, yep. Then my uh, husband bought me a Kindle uh, for our wedding anniversary and I thought, oh, sweet. And I was able to download, I think this story is everybody's story because I downloaded Fifty Shades of Grey and I think I read that maybe no less than about a hundred times. And I was like, surely there's more books out there that I can go find. Um, and so I, you know, just started researching blogs and then downloading the books. So, and then it was very heavily, um, my rotation was very heavy with indie authors. Um, and the spice was kind of just there from the get go, you know? Um, and I, there was no small steps. It was a really big leap. (laughs) Um, And I kind of have never turned back. Like I, I try to, you know, I like some YA novels here and there, but I'm kind of addicted to it. And I always, I just prefer a book with spice, obviously. Um, but that's not to say that I don't read books that don't have it. I just like to be forewarned. I don't like to be surprised that there yeah. was none in there. Same. <laughs> Same. We do not like to be bamboozled on this show. If it's going to be yeah. closed door, I need just to know that so far up front. We read yeah. one and Johnny made fun of me because she's like, oh, I knew on page two there'd be no sex. And the whole time I was thinking, because the tension was good. The author did yeah. the tension. So I, the whole time I was thinking, surely it's the next chapter. And we got to the epilogue and I was like, why? You know, you know how I noticed though? Because the language in the book was um, 
was religious, but like not in a way that everybody would know, right? Yeah. So like because of my mom is very religious and also black, there's like wording that they use specifically that yeah. tells you. And so as soon as you know, I got to like <laughs> after the first chapter, I was like, oh, I I know there's not going to be anything. In this book. <laughs> I was like, oh man, but we were like committed to reading it for the podcast, and yeah. I was like, I was struggling through. I was like, come on, just make it to the end. Just just make it just make it yeah I mean I don't know I I try to think that it doesn't bother me but sometimes I'm like no it bothers me um but yeah so uh that's that was my entry into romance and it's been great ever since that I'm no turning back for me can I tell you a funny story being in Australia and living there. So I studied abroad in Australia and I went to Sydney for like two weeks or something like that to visit. And I went with a friend who actually I was friends with from high school and we randomly studied abroad like an hour from each other. It was just like one of those quizzes. So we went out in Sydney and speak. We were talking a little bit about Bogans before this started. And we went on a whole Bogan, like we drove out into like the middle of nowhere. And at one point I was like, are we getting murdered today? Is that is this yeah. the day? Like, you know, like some white girls have <laughs> rides into the desert. Like, is this? And then they pulled up to like a perfectly nice apartment complex, and we went like skinny dipping in the middle of the night, and like it all turned out fine. They drove us home in the morning. It all turned out just fine, but they were definitely like a caricature of what you would describe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the further you go into, you know, the rural areas, that's what it's like. Um, yeah. And every, I mean, everyone is mostly friendly here. Yeah. Um, they were very nice. We had a great time, but it was but definitely. I would have had that same thought and was like, did I just, you know, sign up to die tonight? I'm not really sure. Um, and, all, and also, I'm already in the car. Let's just see where, let's see where the night Thankfully. <laughs> I can't turn back now. Can't, can't turn back now. Nothing untoward happened. It was all, all consensual and lovely. Uh, skinny dipping in the, in the, under the moon, you know, just got to do what you got to do. I want to talk a little bit about how you write with your co-writer, Jacob, Jacob Chance. Um, yes. How did that come about? Did you, had you like read some of his books or, or how did you um, guys pair up? We were just, we're just friends. Um, we're just friends, like, cause, uh, uh, through, you know, authoring and stuff like that. And then we just kind of thought, Hey, let's give this a go. So we, um, co-write under Remy Blake, which we haven't done in a while. Um, just because of timing and, um, I moved into the MM genre. So that's kind of is a different readership. So it's, it doesn't, you know, um, I don't know if everyone knows, but a lot of people that read MM romance don't necessarily read MF romance. Um, but that's more so, it's more so just timing, um, different releases and I just had a baby. And so, you know, all these fun type of things. Um, but we're, we're still friends and we just kind of said, Hey, let's give it a go. And it was a nice break in between all the other stuff because we kind of wrote with no expectations and it's kind of nice to do that sometimes um, to be able to publish something and just kind of do it excitedly without all the pressures that we kind of always put on ourselves when we do that. Um, So, yeah, so that kind of was how it started and it was, it's, it's always, it's a break without having a break. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about other authors, but when you're not writing, you feel like you should be writing. And, you know, when you're writing, you hate it every single day. Um, but you, you love the end product. It's it's really grueling sometimes. So I we enjoyed that for what it was. Um, and that's not to say that it would never happen again. It's just a timing thing at the moment. Yeah. 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 I, I think, uh, I would have the most fun, like sending salacious scenes to the other person and then being like, he, he, he what do you think? <laughs> Trying to but make someone else blush. For us, it's always like, who doesn't have to write the sex scene? Because you never <laughs> want to write it. You're like, oh, it's, it's, I'm too tired. I don't want to, it's literally like being in a married couple and you're just like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, so I'd be like, oh, I think it's your turn. Here you go. And he'd just be like, oh, I thought it was your turn. I'm like, oh, no, it's your turn. So, um, <laughs> that's, that's what it's like most of the time. Um, and you always try to make, you know, the spice in your book different. You don't want it to, especially in your own books, you don't want them to go, oh, I read this in the last book that they wrote. Um, you know what I mean? Like there's, I think there's one thing where, you know, an author has like a brand or a theme that constantly goes throughout their books. Um, but then there's, you know, where you've just copy and pasted the last sex scene into the next one and you don't want to be doing that. Um, and I always overthink them. Like I'm always sitting there going, does this part go here and can I do this? And, you know, moving all my legs around going, yeah, yeah, I think that works. Um, so, um, it's I'm always like oh I think it's your turn and just kind of and because we write like I write the female point of view and he writes the male point of view it's a lot easier that way um because I don't have to think twice like I don't have to think for two people I only have to think for my character Mm -hmm. and um and we do it like a game of kind of tag where we don't necessarily talk about the chapters it's just I'll read his and decide what's going to happen next and then he'll read mine and then go from there. That's fun. So it's kind of nice. Choose your own adventure, sorry. Sorry? Like that choose your own adventure game where like I start a sentence and then you do the next sentence and you just keep going. It's exactly, literally that's what we do. Um, And we don't, we don't plot it at all. And we just go back and forth and go, yeah, that's great. Awesome. Um, But with the spice, we definitely just kind of palm it off to the other one. We we try our hardest. (laughs) what made you what made you like lean more towards and make the shift into mm romance um when i wrote devilry it was a like a passion project like so jacob and i came up with the idea to write the um king's university series so if you've seen it the book one is his book book two is mine and book three is the remy blake book um and he just said, Hey, I know you wanted to be writing. I know you wanted to write the MM one. So why don't you, why don't we include it in this series? And I thought, you know what? It's a good, it's a good opportunity. Let's do that. And I wanted to, I've always wanted to write the student teacher trope for an MM book. Um, so we did that and I got a really good reception to it. Like it was, you know, and I had been, I think five books in by this stage, maybe, um, and it just kind of fits. Like it just, it came, the words came better. It was easier. You know, the, the readers were more receptive to it and they enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, that's just kind of how it started. And then I wrote without you afterwards. Um, and it just kind of went on from there. And I, I just, it doesn't mean that I won't write MF again. Um, I know that 
it's really easy to kind of get pigeonholed into. And I just, I personally am someone that doesn't like that. So I'm kind of like, oh, don't do that because then I'll just do something different. Um, so it doesn't mean that it's forever what I'll write, but it was definitely somewhere that I found that comfort and I found something that I was good at. I kind of found my place. I think sometimes when we start out writing, we don't know everything. We don't know what we'll enjoy, what we won't enjoy, what we're good at and what we don't know. And by the time you get there, you've realized you've set up this whole brand with something that you may not like, or you may not fit with as comfortably as you thought. Um, so that, that kind of happens. It was just kind of like an awakening and I was like, Oh, this feels like home for me, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so that's how it happened. That's awesome. I, how old is your kid, by the way? Uh, I have a seven-year-old, or eight, he'll be eight in a few weeks. And my other son is, I don't know, we're going on four months now. I had him in March. Oh, my goodness. Yes, congratulations. Brand new. Yes. Fresh. Pretty much. <laughs> my sister's trying to get another one. She's like, he's already grown up too much. Have another one. And I'm like, no, thank you. Does your, sister, does your sister have kids? You have one. No, she's, you just have a, one. she's the crazy auntie. And she's like, yeah, you just do all that stuff for me. I, I am the same as that. I am the crazy auntie. I, I yeah. encourage, I'm like, have all the babies. I, <laughs> I will not be having them. My parents, don't, my parents don't even ask me if I'm going to have kids because they already know that it's going to be a no for me. But I will yeah. spoil the shit out of yours. I will. <laughs> That's exactly how my sister is. She's just like, no, thank you. Even when I was pregnant, she's like, this is the worst experience of my life and I'm not experiencing it. <laughs> and I'm, I was, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I think that all the time. I'll, be, I'll go to my sister and my cousins and they'll be heavily pregnant. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, no, thank you. About, <laughs> nothing about this. I'm like, I'm having anxiety just watching you. <laughs> and I would purposefully tell her all these gross facts. So just to, because it was so much funny and just to make her really like gross out about it um but yeah she's forever telling me she's like no thank you but if you need me to babysit or do anything i will be here at the drop of the hat <laughs> yes, but don't ask me to ever have my own <laughs> that's a good balance because like there are definitely people who are like i never want my own and also i don't want to talk to you about the fact that you just like grew a human being and yeah that's and then there's people who like Shawnee, who I'm like, fly in to take care of my children for a week so I yes. can go on vacation without them. <laughs> yeah, or so I can just go to the toilet by myself. <laughs> I'm like, Shawnee, when we were doing this podcast, I had just had a baby. Like, we started this podcast. I had a baby, I think the week we dropped our first episode. Yeah. We like pre recorded a few. And she came over like three times a week and she'd be like, where's my baby? My baby. And I would be like, have it. Like, I will be back in an hour. And then we can talk about our podcast. Cause right now I'm going to go shower yeah. and maybe lay down by myself and I'll come back. You know, you know. It's crazy. Like I saw people on the internet. They're like, Oh, I've done all this today. And I'm like, I haven't showered for three days. How have you done all these things? <laughs> I just watched his mom get like dragged, dragged on TikTok because she was like, you can clean your house with a kid. Look at me. I'm sleeping. I just have my kid on my hip. Boy, that was the wrong video to post on TikTok. <laughs> that was not her audience. Let me tell you right now. No, no. 
<laughs> Listen, I don't even sleep and I don't have any kids. I'm like, I'm like, do I want to sleep right now? I'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. I, I actually have a question. I don't think I've ever asked anybody this, but when you were talking earlier, it made me think. So, like, are you ever writing either a sex scene or anything really? And you're you can't quite figure out logistics. Do you ever like rope your spouse into like uh, either role playing with you, like bantering back and forth, or working well, something out? We we never get around to the role playing because I'm too busy doing like the scene and I'm like in the moment. But I'll always be like, "Hey, babe, do you think if this happens, this would work out? Or do you think like there's a there's a scene in my book, eight and they're in the bath, right? And so they the men are his back is to his front in the bath because he's sitting in between his legs. Yeah. So it's I basically was asking him if, you know, hey, do you think his back could rub his front and it would work? Like and he was just like, Yeah, it would work. And I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. And then you know, I'm forever asking questions about that. Um and just because he has that anatomy that even if I was writing, it doesn't matter what romance you're writing, the other person has that anatomy. And I'm just like, yeah, so um, does this work and this? And he was like, he'd be like, yeah. And then he's just like, what? He always looks at me like, why is she asking me such a weird question? And I'm like, you just, you never know. Um, uh, but I think even he's caught me like sitting on a chair and I'll be like, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just checking something for reference. And he's like, okay, no worries. Um, but yeah, I often ask him a lot of stuff. Um, also because I think he's, some people are just better at coordination in general. Like they just process it better. Um, and I'm very visual, obviously, as you can tell. So I have to kind of go, oh yeah, that works. Um, but I will often, you know, try and, um, find stuff on the internet and all those great places just to visualize, oh yeah, that does work. That's just not in my head. And you'd be surprised. There's so much that works out there. Um, and you think your body can't really do all those things, but it can. But sometimes there's some that doesn't, some stuff that doesn't work because so I'm okay. So I'm between five, seven, five, eight. And I've realized over time that like, because I have a short torso and long legs that depending on if my partner has a long torso, if they have a long torso and short legs, I can't kiss them. I can't like ride and kiss them at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it becomes really difficult. And the one time, or I dated tall guys a few times, but when guys were significantly taller than me, like six five, six six, like you can't like reaching things was very. You had to get super creative. <laughs> So I'm always, I'm always wondering, especially in books where they're like, where the girl is super tiny, she's a very tiny petite, and the guy is like some island warrior or something else. I'm always like, can you really read? Well, I think I think that's what I love about books as well. Like you gloss over the real details, <laughs> and you get to just pretend that none of that stuff matters. Um, yeah. And you know, because people are forever like, but didn't she have to go to the toilet after? And didn't this have to happen? And I'm like, no, no, no. This it's just a world where none of that stuff matters. UTIs don't exist in romance novels, yeah. obviously. <laughs> Why would we write in something as bad as a UTI? I think a lot of it comes down to to incorporate that stuff when you're writing. It's almost it's it's almost jarring because you have to find a way to make it happen so smoothly. And if your story isn't 
like I find in rom-coms, which I wouldn't, I don't write because I don't think I'm funny on paper. Like I think I'm funny normally, but uh, when I'm writing, I just don't think I'm funny. Um, but I would say that it doesn't just come naturally, like the way to include the UTI. Like, I don't know if you guys ever read um, Tara Civic's, um, now I can't remember the name. It's the one that got into the Passion Flicks movie not that long ago. Oh, Snacks and Seductions. Um, now, that is hilarious, you know, and everything that shouldn't be is so funny and in there. And when someone writes it like that, I'm like, yeah, it totally works. But, you know, otherwise I'm just like, oh, hey, babe, sorry, I'm just going to go to the toilet now. Let me go. No, it just, it's just <laughs> Well, and also, like, I, I sort of infer, like, Oh, they're getting ready for bed, or I infer like, okay, yeah, you know, she brushed her teeth. At some, at some she point, teeth. she brushed yeah. her teeth. She peed. I mean, like, yeah. it's not like they have bladders that can last twenty four hours. I, <laughs> I assume at some point, you know, there's like cum dripping out of everywhere. I'm assuming so. At some point, people cleaned up a little, yeah. changed the sheets, well, maybe. But I don't need to read about that. I I, I assume that they they do their laundry. That's right. Though. I think you can use like one phrase to mean it all, right? So if you say prepared for bed, like, you know, she got up to prepare for bed. That includes anything you could possibly need to do to prepare for bed. Like, so I don't need you to say, uh, she brushed her teeth and she took a pee and whatever, you know, like I assume that, so they can still be band talking or whatever. And my brain will just like kind of run this script, but because my brain is more literal, um, it does pick up on like weird facts that or things that are, might be missing. Now, not necessarily like the preparing afterwards or that sort of thing, but if something that isn't, doesn't make logical sense because my brain builds things as I'm reading, like it, it gets stuck there. It'll get, I'm like, wait, what, what, like what's happening? Like, I don't understand. I can't, that can't. <laughs> She's like, Shani, let it go. And I was like, I wish I, I wish I could. I really wish I could let it go. But my brain literally is like, that could not happen. And then yeah. so, sometimes I have to like stop myself and just be like, Johnny, just, just, just re- let it go. Release. <laughs> release. I mean, that doesn't happen to me often because when I read, sorry, my whole family has the flu. So no I, worries. Yeah. So I'm one of those people like, don't even ask me to proof your book. Cause if I love the story, I wouldn't care if there's any spelling errors or anything. Like I'm that type of reader that like once I'm in, I'm in. Um, and I'm very story driven. Like, yes, there's things where, um, it's like, I don't know how to, cause I feel like everyone has a different writing style. Like I've never read something and gone, Oh my God, this was terrible. Like, I, you know, it's usually like the story wasn't for me or I didn't like a character or something like that. But I, I usually, once I mean, I'm kind of just falling headfirst and, um, sorry um and it very rarely happens where i trip up on something because i let almost everything slide i'm just like oh yeah that's fine (laughs) that doesn't matter to me that's cool um and i have a friend who's who's exactly like you and she's always like but what about when you got to this part and i'm like no it didn't bother me i'm fine (laughs) (laughs) my this reminds me of something my brother said and after he said it i realized that it was true like i apply this to like everything so um we, there was a, a romance show that we watched and I just did not like what they did with it. And I was like, I don't like the shots that they did. I don't like the, you know, all the things they picked, whatever. And he, my brother, does VFX. 
And he said, if you don't like any of that, then you, what you're really saying is that you don't like the story. Right. And he said, because as soon as, if the story is bad, that's when people start nitpicking the VFX and all the little details around the story. Cause they can't figure out exactly why it doesn't feel like they're not in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I realized after he said that, that I've watched movies with terrible VFX but amazing storyline and been like, yeah. fuck it. <laughs> you know? And so now I can't like, un like unsee that every time I'm like, Oh, there's no story here. That's why. Like, yeah, it's true, actually. It's, it's true because now that you say that it's, you kind of picking apart all the other things around it because that the right, you know, the main thing didn't work for you. Um, and sometimes I don't have the answer as to why it didn't work. Like someone you'll say, I don't know why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting. I, I, I always feel like in movies I can tell, especially in what I'm just going to talk about romance movies or movies that have even just a romantic plot line. I can tell instantly whether I'm going to like that movie enough. I'll watch the first, I'll, as soon as I hit the meet cute, I will know if I can stand the whole rest of the movie. Because for me, it's the same thing in books. It's like, it's okay. I'm, I'm happy you're like developing these characters separately. That's cool. They both seem great. Awesome. But if when they meet, I'm like, I don't care or I don't feel the chemistry or I don't feel, it doesn't even have to be plausible. Cause like, like in a taboo book, they're not necessarily plausible romances. But if I don't <laughs> feel that spark, that like that's for me the thing where I'm like and and in movies and stuff it's obviously like casting and and writing and then in books it's just writing so what is your when you're writing that first sort of like that first me that first moment what is the thing that you try to make sure your books have um well to be honest I I usually give myself an easy way out so the characters have already met before. I think Devil is one of the only books where they, they meet for the first time in the book, um, whereas a lot of my other books off page, they already know each other, so it's a second chance or a friends to lovers, which is my – I always call it it's a cop-out for me because I don't have to – I've already told the reader that their connection is there and it's happened. Um, yeah. But I find that, you know, um, in, in Devilry per se, I, you just kind of, uh, when I write, which doesn't help me at all, uh, I don't see characters in my head. I, I write based on feelings because that's the type of writing that I do. Like I like um, emotional books when I'm reading, if I'm watching a movie, if it doesn't make me cry, it's just not the right movie for me. Um, and that's how I, I am with books really. Like I love crying in books. It's ridiculous. Um, and so I try to, when I write, it's really hard because I don't see the character and I can kind of write a whole book without describing them. And then I go back and I realize, you know, other people are reading this, not you. So you need to make them be able to visualize it. So it's basically that attraction where it starts off having to be physical because I think that's usually it. Like unless you know each other first and you're just talking and you're friends and you can heighten the banter, um, as the connection first. And then, you know, you have that moment where you go, Oh, I, I'm really attracted to this person now because I've fallen in love with their personality. You know, it's, so it can go that way or it's the one where you're usually pointing out their attractiveness to one another. Um, 
which is usually the way to go. And I put a lot of effort into that because I'm just like, okay, how do people look these days and what do they do? And what are, what are you looking at when you, when you're checking someone out and, um, what do people find attractive? Um, and I think in Devilry, it was, I knew that for the character Elijah, that it would be just the fact that he could, he was somewhere where he could appreciate somebody else, um, in like public, so to speak, like he had the freedom to just casually check someone out and there were no repercussions for that. And that you didn't have to hide it and you could do that. So I think it kind of gave the vibe if that works. Dear romance besties. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope-ass website. Thanks for the commission. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Do you, like personally, need a description of someone in a book? When I'm reading? Yeah. No. Okay. It's like, when you, when I read it, they, yes. it still is comes up blank. Yeah, so, okay. Can we talk about this? Because like, I don't need any description. Other like maybe maybe gender is probably the only thing. Because if you're like a girl, my brain just makes the girl that I want, right? If you say it, just makes the guy that I want. Yeah. Once you say it's like a girl who's intelligent and a little bit closed off because yada yada yada, and then you're like, oh okay, like. Even if there's a picture on the front cover of the book, I disregard all description and I just make the 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 couple that I want in my own brain. And so I'm also like I like to ask that question because I'm like like who who actually really latches onto the description and and uses that picture like going forward? I've, I've had a lot of readers be like, so who did you visualize for this person? I'm like, nah, nobody. Um, or I'll say I bought the cover and that's who I decided it would be because <laughs> I don't have any other options. So I do that often and they're like, oh, so what did you think? And I'm like, oh, they look exactly like the cover model because that's how I pictured it in my head because otherwise I have no idea. Like people are like, oh, I went on Pinterest and I like I can go on Pinterest and find the mood that, you know, a photo can elicit the mood, but they're not the person in my head Like because there is no person. It's just – it's more a feeling, you know, like this person feels this way and this person feels this way. But even when I'm reading somebody else's book, you could literally all the details about the person and it doesn't even matter to me. Like if they're, if they're connected to the other person and they're in love and the romance is happening, not a problem. Done. Don't care what you're doing. Don't care Done. Done. What, let's talk about covers because you have real people on your covers which i appreciate and also like some very sensual covers a lot of a lot of uh, oiled up abs and backs and arm muscles appreciate appreciate your work <laughs> what, what is like i mean just tell us a little bit about the process of toilessly scanning through beautiful people to find the couple that or the oh, person um- that I think uh, I'm trying to think of which. Okay, so the the without you cover is the one that gets me the most traction. Like everybody loves that. Yeah, um, and I kind of just came across that. Like I was just 
you know, looking on, um, you guys know, uh, Wanda's website, uh, he's the photographer and I was just, you know, that's what I do. I'm like, what are all the ways I can spend money? This is what I do. And I'm just like, let me look at all these photos. And, and I just kind of came across it and I, it was that and another photo. And I said to my, uh, cover artist, which one do you like better? And she said, Oh, I like this one. I said, all right, no worries. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to get that one. And it was kind of like a do or die moment because I wasn't really making a lot of money publishing just then. Like I was still kind of struggling a little bit and I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. And I'm, cause before that I had only used stock photos, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, takes the fun out of looking through beautiful photos. So it's not the same as looking through one just uh, website. Um, and so, you know, I kind of went balls to the walls and I was like, okay, this is it. We're going to put all our eggs in this basket and we're going to make this cover. And she did a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, and so, yeah, so that was, that's one. And then when I did ache, I was kind of like feeling a bit of pressure and I was like, Oh, how am I going to live up to this expectation? Um, and I was just searching the internet, searching, and I'm forever on Instagram, like following random hashtags and doing whatever. And I came across the photo. It was, I don't know. So there's a, a whole bunch of, uh, like there are accounts that, repost other people's photos so it's not even really like their photo and I came across a photo and I was like oh I want this photo and I had messaged the account they're like oh it's not our photo and I'm like okay but whose photo is it because you know I want this photo Um, and I did a bit of digging and I found it and I um, ended up uh, messaging the people who had the photo and it was um, his name is Chip I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram um, it's books over bros. And so I was like, hi, is this a photo of you? He's like, yeah, this is me and my husband. And I'm like, that's great. Can I buy this photo off you? And he was like, um, and I'm like, yeah, I just, I really want it for my book cover. <laughs> and it was crazy because it just, I, you kind of throw all manners and all common sense and hope that some, <laughs> it makes sense to somebody else, you know? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, Oh, I write romance and this is what I want and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, I'll just discuss it with my husband and you know, we'll, we'll get back to you. Um, and so, yeah, so that's how the second book cover came about. Um, and then the third one, again, I had just actually been looking through the internet and uh, Wanda had just put it up that he, had just taken it and, and it was up and I was like, okay, you can take that back down. Cause I'm going to have that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I think I like the fact that in my MM romance books, I want the couple to be on there. Like I find a lot of people um, will sometimes worry about the blurb if it's not a hundred percent indicating which, people or, you know, pronouns are in there and, and all that type of stuff. And I, you know, cause I've had a few people go, Oh, I didn't know if this book was MM or MF. And I'm like, you know what, let's just save everyone's questions and make it very obvious from the get go. This is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would buy both of those are great images. I would buy both of those books or read them on <laughs> Kindle or whatever. Just, just from that image alone. I well, think like, good. We, so we talked about like the illustrated covers a lot and like why people decide to and the discreet covers and that sort of thing. And for me personally, I want to know what I'm getting into with that cover. So like the illustrated covers, no matter what, make me feel like there's not going to be that much sex in them. And it makes me feel like, like very cartoony, 
very, yeah, yeah. you know, so, I, so I'm not more, I'm not likely to pick up an illustrated cover. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and some of them we picked up and been like, wow, this is really hot. This is really spicy. And like, <laughs> like, like, I think I have to, I have to know the author to go, okay, I'll buy it because yeah. I know what it's going to be. But otherwise I'm exactly the same. This is what we're getting. This is what it is. But I think, you know, that, that discussion is, I probably would never, um, do an illustrated from the get-go like if I made it as an alternate or a you know a special edition or something like that then that makes sense because people can go oh yeah that's this um but otherwise I have that same confusion all the time like people are like oh I read this but you know and it was so spicy I'm like well I didn't pick that up because I didn't think it would be um I do that all the time I saw somebody recently who did like a discreet cover and I thought they did a really good job of making you feel like the book was going to be hot, but like nothing on the cover. You can do, was, it doesn't have to be like cartoon colors. Cause I think yeah. that's part of it for me is like the illustration style. Cause I've seen discreet covers to your point, Johnny, where yeah. they have like sexier colors and like, yeah. like the design feet and design <laughs> yeah, feels and like, and and, or, and, yeah, snakes or, or it just has like, black and red and gold or so, like yeah, yeah. you're like oh this feels a little sexy like some smoke not yeah, like yeah. hot pink <laughs> unicorn you know like little yeah, yeah. people Kawaii, like, those like, like yeah. well there's cute animated people unless it's tessa bailey i am assuming that it's not raunchy yeah yeah <laughs> it's true and i think a lot of people have that same kind of id process when they're looking at it um so i never know if i sway that way or not but i just like i, I want to be better and not kind of judge a book by its cover but that's exactly what i'm doing oh my gosh, yeah i judge it i judge it so hard I judge it so hard <laughs> The whole category of our review is like, how do we feel about the cover? Because it's the first thing you see, it entices you. And obviously, like, you know, if you're reading on your Kindle, you're like reading the description, but in in a segue to this in paperback form, a lot of books don't put the blurb on the back anymore. They just put like quotes and stuff like so-and-so says this book is great and i'm like but what's it about (laughs) what's it about yeah what's the story i want to talk a little bit about i want to talk a little bit about audiobooks because shawnee exclusively listens to and reviews audiobooks on our show and so um as like an indie author how did you decide to start with audiobooks do you consume a lot of them did you find your audience was asking you for them um, I do consume a lot uh, because my son's drive to school is like 40 minutes each way. So I'm just like, well, he's watching his iPad. I'm like, oh, listening to all this stuff. And um, so I do. I didn't used to, but I'd started like just listening to books that I'd already read. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can listen to a book that I haven't already read. <laughs> um, and so I, I think uh, Serena Bowen and L. Kennedy's Good Boy was the first one. I listened to um, just without having read it before and now I'm I'm addicted like I just absolutely love audio Um, and I remember I sold the rights to Without You um, and once I had that book everybody wanted the audio like I said people um, like my whole MF career writing MF romance it's almost like it doesn't exist which is fine I'm not offended by it but it just is what it is 
And um, so I sold the rights to the audiobook and it did really well. Um, and then when I kind of got more money, I decided to self-produce and that is something that I definitely would recommend for people to do. It's, it's basically like people think you don't need it, but like you said, you're exclusively listening to audiobooks. So you, that is your, that is your way of reading and you're not, I'm not making money off you from the, from the ebook. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, it's, it's a whole untapped market for an author and I don't know why you wouldn't. And yes, it is very expensive, but I feel like it's worth it in the end. Even if you had to sell the rights to be able to be or have access to those readers is a really good thing. Um, so it's, and it's always fun trying to work out who to cast and who not to cast. So with, without you and Devilry, cause I sold the rights to both of those, it was harder because you only have a small pool of people that you can choose depending on who you sold the rights to depends on their access to the narrators. So not every production company has the same access. Um, so I had picked who I thought would be really good. And I wasn't disappointed. I was pretty lucky and really happy with it. Um, and then when I got to do mine, which was eight, it was my first one that I self-produced and Unwanted is hopefully coming out soon. Um, you could pick anyone when you do it for yourself. So that was like, oh, my God, there's so many people. Um, but it's, I think it's a great way to um, kind of reach into other readers. And it's also nice to just, I don't know, hear your books really. Um, my mum also only exclusively listens to audiobooks, so she's um, she's dyslexic and once I introduced her to audiobooks, she was like, oh, my God, you've changed my life. Um, she used to say to me and my sister, I don't know why you read all the time, and she she loathed reading. She was like, I don't know. And I said, Mum, you're the only person that complains that her daughters are reading. And she's just like, I don't know. She goes, yeah, because, you know, you don't do anything else. Anyway, so now that we've got her addicted to audiobooks, that's what my mum does. Like, she's she's like, oh, I'll come help you with your baby. And she's got her audiobooks in. She's, like, doing her thing. And I'm just like, yeah, mum, that's cool. Yeah. All you're doing is reading. And she's like, Shh, I don't want to hear it now. <laughs> I think it's so, so, so smart because you're correct in the fact that, like, I until I became like exclusive to audiobooks, I didn't realize the magnitude of how many people needed audiobooks, right? So like I was a voracious reader growing up and then started listening to audiobooks when I was driving to class every day because I would have a three hour drive to my yeah. university. And then I think because I started just listening, I got out of the practice of reading. And so when I actually went to pick up a book again, I couldn't track. Like I couldn't yeah. track the lines in order to read. And so uh, then it became like, oh man, I guess I can only read what, what is actually being read to me, yeah, um, yeah. you know? And then like, even just being on TikTok, how many people not only visually impaired or dyslexical or yeah. have some sort of disability that doesn't allow us to actually consume a physical, a physical book. And so it's such a uh, untapped market if you don't make that accessible. And in fact, I feel like sometimes we're hungrier because not everybody does put things in audio. And so yeah. when, any, when anybody does, we're like, yeah, it's an audio. It's wow. so true. I mean, yeah. and, you know, the, the audio listeners are used to waiting as well. So they, they're never mad at you for waiting. So they're always like, no, it's going to come. It's all right. It's no big deal. Um, 
and they're just happy. Like you said, so, so happy where something's dropped and you're just like, okay, that's good. And I think as well, it just has, I don't know how to explain it. It's not that it has more of a longevity, but I think most books and audiobooks like people are always finding you. So even though it feels like after I've had a release, Oh, the whole world's read my book. That's it. No one's going to read anything else. Um, it, it just has this. And I think it goes as well with the narrators. Like if people are narrator driven, then they're going to listen to your books constantly. Yeah. So I follow follow narrators sometimes and not authors. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I'm going to sign at Love in Vegas this year and um, they're having all these narrators there and Erin Mallon is doing the um, If These Walls Could Talk play. I don't know if you've, if you've listened to it. And um, I'm like, screw the signing. This is all I want to come for. I want to come for the narrators and I want to come for there. So, if you come to my table, that's where I'll be <laughs> because I just love it. Like, I'm, you know, it's very narrator-driven. And so, that comes into play as well. Like, if you're, if you're using narrators that have huge followings as well, they're going to it's, – it's almost like they're selling your book. It's not your name on the book that sells it. You know what I mean? So, that's also a different angle as opposed to the ebook where it's just you and your words. Um, whereas for other times, like when I have, you know, I've had two books with Teddy Hamilton in them. I'm sure he sold those books. I didn't sell those books, um, you know, cause I mean, everybody loves Teddy Hamilton. You know, I think yeah. like, I always tell people there's narrators that have voices that are like butter. Yeah. And, and I don't like, I almost don't care what the book is about. I want to hear that voice because it's soothing. Yeah. So, so like, especially because like I'm sound sensitive. It's funny because everybody now is fi- finding brown noise and they're like, isn't brown noise like the most revolutionary thing to calm the ADHD mind? And like, I've legitimately been listening to brown noise for like 15 years because of just how like relaxing. And I, and there's some narrators whose voices are like that. Like just hearing them talk, it, it could be the phone book. You know, yeah. and I always talk about Robert Petkoff because I like adore, I just adore yeah. his voice, you know? Um, and so like when you find a good narrator, I like when authors sometimes stick with a narrator they know is like, you yeah, know, yeah. or like it throws me off if the narrator changes between books within a series. Yes. Um, that, that's the one where I'm like, wait, what, what, what just happened? I find that I always wonder like do you want the do you want a different narrator for different couples or is it like just I but I don't think people care to be honest I think I overheat that I think if the if you do a narrator right for a couple and you're noticing that people are like this narrator's not it like this is not it because yeah. sometimes I'll go on audible and I all the comments will be like, this narrator is terrible. And generally that, that is correct. So then I would switch the narrator. Otherwise I would, if, if nobody's commenting on the narration, right. Um, that means like if, if people say nothing, the narrator's great. They're doing the job. <laughs> they're delivering the book. If they're, if they're praising the narrator, that's also great. You know what I mean? But if they're yeah. noticing the narrator in a negative way, that means like, you just should not notice the narrator. I was so Bridget. Narrator was great. I didn't even think about him. Like, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that would be my, my catalyst for if I should change them for the next book or not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I noticed there's a lot of authors that just use the same pairing all the time. They're like, yep. doesn't matter which book it is or what story it is. Just here we go. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It totally doesn't matter. I, I don't think it matters at all. Cause like a good storyteller is just the best storyteller. 
I think for me, as like as a fangirl, I'm like, I just want to have every single one of them on my books. I just want to be like, yeah, I had this person on this book and this person on this, because I can. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, and obviously a huge nerd about it. So, well, like, so I'm like you because I produced audiobooks. And so I do, I feel that same way. Like, if you can get great, a, a plethora of different narrators that are great. Awesome. Awesome. But like, also don't, I would say, don't stress your, your head about it. If it ain't broke, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like like if you have the bandwidth, then sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of bandwidth. Yeah. Especially because it introduces me as a reader to a new narrator. And then I'll start, I literally click on their name on audible, see their lineup of books that they've done. So it actually helps you to change narrators. I just realized. It's because when I do that, it shows every author they've ever worked with. And then I'll work my way down that list. So in collaborating with different people, you've put, you're putting your name on a bunch of different lists. Yeah. 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 Found. That's true. So, too. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like being a YouTuber. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a question. Cause you mentioned uh, passion flicks earlier with another author. Um, and I'm so curious about this because when we got into doing this podcast, um, it really started with the fact that I was like, I went to Bridget. I was like, Bridget, <laughs> I want to make, you know, HBO style romance novel, like movies, right? Yes. Like HBO level, um, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, um, and so we were like talking about that. And, um, and so hence like the podcast cast came up like, Oh, well, let's do this podcast, um, about romance novels, get into it, see what, you know, feel it out. And then my friend called me one day and she's like, Oh, there's something like what you want to do. And it's called passion flicks. Um, and I'm curious as to like, um, like passion flicks, do they reach out to you? Are they, are a lot of authors, do you have to pitch to them? Are a lot of authors, um, like working with passion flicks, like that sort of thing? Well, they haven't reached out to me personally just yet. I'm just waiting for my call up. Um, no, I, I assume that they would be reaching out to, to the authors if they um, like the book and if, you know, they want to be able to make it into a movie. Um, I don't know the exact process, but I do know of the authors. So they've made quite a few movies now. So the first one was uh, Hollywood Dirt by Alessandra Torre. I think they launched Passion Sleeps with her book. Um and they've done a few. They've done um, Kay Bromberg's Driven series. I don't know if you guys have read or listened to any of those. Um, Tara Civic, Amy Dawes is up next. I think her Wait With Me uh, is going to become uh, one of them. And, geez, what else? Uh, Jody, I never get her name right. She wrote This Man, which I've never read. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, but yeah. So I think they do. Yes, that one. Yeah, so they definitely reach out to you, and I don't know what their, you know, their process is in terms of what they're looking for. Um, but it's it's getting. I mean, everyone's still watching it. I think people are torn between. Like, I think it's very easy for a you know a reader to say, as a consumer, to say, "Oh, I didn't really love it. I didn't love this about it, and it felt a little. Um, it wasn't as good as this, the book. You know, that always happens. But I think as as a businesswoman, you know, I'm not getting millions of people wanting to make my books into movies. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I'm not going to, I want to be part of this creative process and and be part of 
this um, growing business and, and making romance, you know, like a top priority, you know, and I think that things like passion flicks are doing that, you know, one step at a time. It might not be um, what everybody loves, you know, or, or in I think, I don't know, because everyone, I haven't watched a movie, to be honest, only because I never have time for TV. Um, And then, but I find that when you're comparing it to, you know, a huge multi-million dollar Hollywood movie, it's it's oranges and apples. You're not comparing the same thing, you know. Um, But I find like as romance as a, as a industry, I think this is a great step for it. And I think we can only get bigger and better if we all kind of do our parts and support each other in that type of stuff, you know? Um, so like I said, I, you know, it's, it's easy for us to be critical and go, Oh, I didn't really like it. And this, 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 but you know, from the other lens, at, you know, if someone came to me with the passion flick steel, I'd be like, yeah, any day. Um, of course, let's, you know, let's see what we could come up with um, because it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for, for an author and you are so filled with such gratitude and wanting to contribute to that growth of the industry. Um, so, yeah, they're my thoughts on that anyway. <laughs> nice. I, my, uh, my uncle, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, hopefully not, and if you do, Hello. Um, but, I mean, this interview would be, this interview would be great. I do have some other, we do have some other reviews where I would maybe be a little bit like concerned at the family barbecue. I'd be like, <laughs> but you know what? Some of them probably have listened. Who knows? They all watch my, my weird, my weird stuff I do. Anyways, but he sent me this article saying like, oh, look what Elon Musk's sister is doing about passion flicks because she's yeah. the person who's founded well, it. Is she the one? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, her name's and, Os- um, Oscar Musk. Yeah. Oscar, yeah, and, um, and it just made me laugh because I was like, I mean, if I had unlimited money, I would just make movies too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would definitely do that. Um, this song was I, like our stepping stone. <laughs> I haven't watched any of them. Again, going back to what I said earlier about knowing if I would like it or not, I watched the trailers and I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just can tell the, the like chemistry of it of, or the, I didn't watch all the trailers. I only watched the first two, I think that came out, but I do follow the director who like directed the movie for them. But I was like, Ooh, I don't know the chemistry of those actors. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, and I wouldn't want to watch something knowing that I probably wouldn't like it, if that makes sense. Like, like I watched the hating game, which just came out. We watched Bridgerton. So I do try to like watch all of the adaptations that get made. Um, Like you said, to support it, but I don't want to watch anything where I like, know I'm not going to like it because I would hate to then like review it. Go like, first of all, put myself through it. And then secondly, I don't want to ever like review it because like I do think it's good I do think it has a place and I would love for it to grow and be like massive so all of my favorite books can be movies well I mean think about the fact that like in any adaptation from a book to a movie everybody has their idea of what the story looks like or whatever but in romance speaking to the point where we were talking about earlier about how we don't really need a description of our character we just build yeah. the one we like like what a picky audience to try to nail down <laughs> 
in, in casting I and think, chemistry yeah, and the feeling like you feel that you feel it in your body when you read a good romance like you said you cry you laugh yeah. out, like you your heart hurts your cheeks burn you're you know like uh, I think it's which just is too many to variables replicate. for them to make us all happy absolutely oh, yeah. absolutely but I do think it's great that it's happening so it's exciting which so you're going to choose one of your books to be the one that you, if it ever happens, oh, or um, when it happens, let's manifest, when, let's put it out in the when, world. Let's manifest that shit. That's what I said. That's we what manifest, I said we manifested when we had, uh, when we had Tessa Bailey on and now her book. Oh, there you go. So that's it. So I'm not we, saying it was all us. I'm just saying it wasn't all us. So. <laughs> so when I when I get that passion flick steal, I'm going to call you guys up. I'm going to be like, guys, it happened. We manifested it right now. Yo, we're yeah. the biggest promoters. <laughs> which will be which will be your your choice? Yeah. Um. Your- I don't know. I I think. <laughs> I'd say without you because it's the saddest, but that's kind of morbid, right? Um, but uh, yeah, let's go with I mean, a, a sad romance movie can really gotcha, can really just stab you, sit with you. I'm, yeah, I, I like mean, I, I watch Grey's Anatomy on repeat because I just want to cry all day. <laughs> Like that's my life. Like I'm just like 18 seasons still going. And my husband's like, you know, you've seen this already. I'm like, Shh, don't worry about it. I know what to expect. I know when the tears are coming, there's no surprises on this show anymore. Yeah. That show uh, really, especially for, well, I didn't watch past, I don't know, maybe season five or so, but those first seasons, man, like hit so many moments where, you're just like like Denny when you, oh my god I was like why don't you just call my heart out of the spoon already like my, was, my sister's like, best in my friend. house hysterically yeah. sobbing watching that's, it, that's that all I do my sister's best friend is that's watching so it for the first time now and she FaceTimed me yesterday with tears down her face and she's like I just watched season six and I'm like feeling you know like so validated that somebody else gets it and I'm like that's cool I'll be your support person not a problem um, but yeah, call, so I call think to debrief. that's right. That's what she does. And she, yeah. she FaceTimed the three of us. My sister was on the phone. And my, when my sister saw her crying over the show, she just hung up on us. She's like, I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, don't involve me in this. That's, that's me. <laughs> um, like, you're crying. I'm the one. I'm not the crisis. We call. call the crisis. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think without you would be a good movie. Um, we I I put this question in my in my uh, reader group the other week. It was like which which book would you want? Um, and I got without you for a movie, and then I got because Unwanted is the first book in a series, um, and they found family, and each person gets a book. And so they were like, uh, and I want to be good for like a Netflix series. I'm like, okay, so we're just manifesting Netflix series now as well. Yes, we are. Yeah, we I are. would love that because Netflix series means budget. Well, hopefully still, because I know they're going through some stuff. But like my my thing with any of this, right, is that I, when I'm, I don't want my romance movie to look like a Hallmark. Like yeah. I, I want it to look like Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> we just yeah, what, what did we say, Shawnee? Hallmark after dark. When we, we were talking with um, Lucy Lennox and May Archer, and we were like, we want a Hallmark after dark. That's what we want. That's we still want is. the sweetness. We still want the like 
the the meat cutes and all that stuff, but we also want to get into the dark. That's right. You want to be able to still have the spice in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, yes. I, and I also, I, and I wouldn't be mad at seeing the peni. You know what I'm saying? I just wouldn't be mad at seeing it. You know, even there's if it's a, a lot of penises on TV. And by TV, I mean like HBO and stuff. Like Minx. Did you watch Minx, Shani? No, but I'm going to make a note of that. Did you, have you watched that one, Marley? No. Okay, so it's about, it's based in the 70s, and it's about a woman who wants to start, like, a feminist all-women's magazine. She hooks up with this guy who's a magazine editor, or produces magazines. She's the editor. And he's like, yeah, but we need a hook. And so they put naked guys in it as, like, the hook to get people to, like, talk about it and read it. And they have a casting session in one of this in one of the episodes, and it's just like five straight minutes of people coming in, <laughs> taking their clothes off, and all these dicks just like everywhere in the show. <laughs> and I really appreciate it because I feel like you don't see in non pornography penises, just like flaccid, just there penises. And I feel like it's really refreshing. Did you guys watch Phoebe Easton's uh, Sex Life? No, I haven't seen it. We've been wanting to watch with our patrons, but we haven't watched yet. Did you see um, it? Yes. Yeah, so there's there's a flaccid penis, a really big one. Watch that. <laughs> okay. What did you think of? What did you think of the series? Um, I liked it. It was. It, I'd read the book. I'm a really big fan of the okay. book, and it was it was different. Like it obviously it just contained some parts of the book um but it was it was different but a good different like it was still it was still worth the watch for what it was um once you go if you weren't expecting it to be exactly like the book because it wasn't um, which I kind of go into most um I think it's it says inspired by so it's not an ad- adaptation it's more like we've taken bits of this idea and created this um but yeah i really enjoyed it it was it was definitely it, it was really good the the cinematography and everything was really good the actors were really great the spice was top notch it's quite spice is nice there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, dear, dear patients, if you're listening, it's up next. Get ready. Fuck yes. them up. Because we do like watch alongs with our patrons. So, yeah. So, definitely like do it's going to have to be the next one. It's going to have to. That's so fun. <laughs> uh, well, Marley, this has, been, this has been such a delight. Sure. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been nice. I've been able to close the door and not see my family for an hour. Isn't that the best? Especially when you have a, like, Cause like, you know, babies just like need to be on you all the time. It's just a fact, you know, they need a lot of you. So we've had the flu for the whole week, all of us. And I've been, you know, and I've just been like, you know, breastfeeding my baby and being like, don't get sick, everybody, don't get sick. You know, and I've been wearing a mask around him and, you know, doing everything. And we've just all been in each other's faces, like for Mm -hmm. seven days. And my sister was like, I said to my sister, can you come over? Just wear a mask. You should be fine. I said, you know, I've disinfected the house like seven times, but who knows? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So she's, they're all sitting out there and I'm just like, oh, it's so nice in here. Maybe I'll never leave. Maybe I'll never go see anyone ever again. When we wrap up, you just don't tell them we've wrapped yet. Just Just keep talking to yourself, (laughs) answering questions every now and again. Yeah. And then uh, then someone will knock and be like, are you done yet? And they'll be like, oh, no. We'll be like, still recording. Don't interrupt me. <laughs> this is important. Well, thank you for coming and like being sick because that's that's the worst. Yeah, so that's I appreciate right. you being here. 
it was it was nice i liked it i enjoyed some adult interaction yeah <laughs> well we appreciate you coming on and also we appreciate you for writing spicy taboo yes. romances for us yes. to consume and um we will see you on the flip side so dear Bye. listeners until next time may your books be your lover and your hand your best friend see ya Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.